This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Like nothing you have ever heard before. It's a tough room. It's the place to be. Thrive to survive. It's Taz. It's the Moose. It's CBS Sports Radio. One, two, three. You know it's every day. Moose and Taz be paving the way. Talking about every sport. You know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge. Nobody ever could try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth. Only be talking the truth. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage. Push button to get a mortgage. A lot of football, a little baseball here on this Monday morning. World Series gets going tomorrow night down in Houston between the Strohs and the Nats. A lot of Week 7 NFL Sunday action to react to. We've done a lot of it. Some other games we'll hit upon later on this hour. But your big three storylines here on this Monday morning. Here we go, the three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. The Cowboys romp the Eagles on Sunday night football. Oh, they certainly do. Eagles have got a world of hurt right now, a world of trouble. Uh, you look at the Dallas Cowboys, snap that three-game losing streak, get themselves to four and three. Now lead what is a decidedly average at this stage, NFC East, as uh, they're four and three. The Eagles are three and four. Uh, the New York Giants are two and five, and the Redskins are well. The Redskins are the Redskins. So um, you know that is where the division lies. And last night, Eagles turned the football over four times. Prescott was efficient. Elliott did a nice job running the football. Guys got healthier for the Cowboys. They didn't get off to a slow start, which has kind of plagued them here this year in 2019. Taz. It was really a great Cowboy performance. Oh, uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, the Cowboys definitely were cooking on all cylinders, as the uh, cliche goes. And, um, you know, it's like we were talking a lot about this earlier. It's like, what, like, what the heck happened with the Eagles? Like, it just seems like yesterday they were in the Super Bowl, you know, and, and it's just a whole different deal. It's just different. Wentz is just got kind, of, kind of like a non factor. He was 16 to 26, one interception, one touchdown uh, for 191 yards. I mean, so. You know, Prescott was pretty efficient. He was 21-27, 239, one, uh, one TD, one interception. But, you know, it just seems like they just uh, the the Eagles is just uh, that whole buzz about them, everything about it. I mean, I understand they're 3-4, and four, and I get it, but they're still second in the NFC East. But it's like, what does that mean? You know, because you get the Redskins in there and the Giants, and they're both kind of hurting. So just like the point is the Eagles, like what – what happened? Like, it's just, you know, rhetorically asking. It's just, it's like gone. Like the whole, everything about the Eagles. Yeah, they missed Deshaun Jackson, certainly on the offense, to kind of take the cover off the top off the defense. Um, you know, they they do miss that. The offensive line, they don't run the ball effectively enough. The, the injuries in that defensive secondary ties, they can't make up for the injuries in the defensive secondary with the pass rush up front because the, the guys up front aren't getting after the quarterback. So, 
You know, you've got a number of issues. And then if you're bringing extra guys, if you're Schwartz and you decide to blitz guys, that means you're leaving cornerbacks who probably can't do it alone on an island for coverage and you're open up to the big play, which you've seen time and time again from this Eagle team. So there's a number of issues for Philadelphia here moving forward. Clearly, Peterson you know, said they're going to beat the Cowboys. They didn't. They got absolutely destroyed. Uh, Wentz after the game saying there's a lot of things that they have to work on. From a Cowboy perspective, Garrett can now get the you know everyone on his back off the hot seat here for a week. They needed to win a game. They win a game last night. They do it pretty stylishly. I still don't know what Dallas is. I got to be honest with you. I, I I don't I don't know what they are. They beat bad teams. They've lost to some good teams. I'd consider the Philadelphia Eagles not playing well right now, but they're a better team uh, than what they represented last night. I give them credit for last night's win. I don't know what Dallas is. Like I, I know what New Orleans is. No, they're really. I, I think I have a feel for Green Bay. Dallas is kind of one of those teams. I, I don't. I don't know. Last week's loss to the Jets kind of. Yeah, that was a shock. It was twenty four twenty two. It wasn't. They, didn't they get were blown down twenty one six. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were yeah. down twenty one three at one point in time. You know, that wasn't a nip and tuck. That was them rallying, trying to come back on the Jets as the Jets kind of, you know, uh, you know, and they played much better in the second half than they did in the first half. Taz, but. You know, the, I would not say that was a, a close football game for the most part. Um, missing field goals, turnovers, and the like. I don't know what Cowboys are. And, and they've got some time to define themselves. Yeah. Last night, maybe that was a step in the right direction for the Cowboys, I, of being I, one of these upper echelon teams in the NFC. I, I get your point, and I can see what you're saying. I mean, it, it started off the season, I think it was like week two, they, they beat the Rams, you know, and they beat the Rams, and then it's like they beat the Texans after that, you know, so... But then, you know, they had some wins that against teams that, you know, they had three soft games in a row with the, the Giants, Redskins, and, and Dolphins. You know, so that To helped. start the year, right. The early in the year, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, but, you know, now they get this win, a, a, a strong win on the primetime deal on Sunday over the, over the Eagles, an in-conference deal, and now they got to buy. And then they come back and they, and they play the Giants on the road. So... I, I like their chances against the Giants on the road, and they got to buy. I would now. agree with that. So you know, I think yeah, no, I would agree. And, and listen, they have a chance to find, kind of find themselves. And and last night was certainly a statement game. That was not a nip and tuck battle down to the stretch. Right. That was not a a close game in the fourth quarter. That was a game in which you, if you need to get up early, you went to bed early. Uh, if you want to watch something else, you find something else to watch on a Sunday night right. because that wasn't really no, nothing to write home about as Dallas took uh, took the Eagles behind the woodshed. Yeah, no, they did. And, and you know, and after that bye, you know, yeah, they, they're going to go on the road and play the Giants. But then, then I think they re- will really see what they're about again on a Sunday night game against the Vikings as they host the Vikings. That's a good game. That's a good game. It is. That's a good game. And it gets tough after that, too. Lions and then Pats. So, you know, and then Bills. So, I mean, they got, you know, they got some tough games coming up. You'll learn a little bit more as the Cowboy, about the Cowboys here as we go along. Need to win a game last night, and they certainly did. All right, yeah. number two. Number two. Astros advance to the World Series to face the Nationals. Nah, they do, Taz. Uh, what a game on Saturday night. Astros and Nats in the World Series gets going uh, down in Houston uh, tomorrow night. Um, but uh, they eliminate the Yankees, a series that kind of lived up to the billing in, in, in terms of the two best teams in the American League. They gave you a riveting series. The games were long. I'm not going to tell you that. And if you decide to turn out off at the three-and-a-half or four-hour mark, I don't blame you. It's a it's a long commitment to a baseball game. Yeah, I know this. There's no doubt. I, I was locked in. I loved. I I enjoyed these. I know. Games I agree with you, but I don't. We're not no. also not 22 years old. No. Right here. Right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know if that's necessarily selling it to the millennial out there. Hey, let's get locked in for five hours of baseball no, right. on a, on a right. Tuesday night. No, you're right. About uh, that. But. Uh, 
tough loss for the Yankees on Saturday night. Tough way to end. They were all upset. Boone hugging guys in that, in that clubhouse after the game. Uh, Altuve and the Astros showed themselves to be the better team. He's an amazing player. I think you got to, even though the, the you don't have the two biggest markets in the country, Taz, what you do have is, I think, the two teams playing the best in October in the World Series. And that's that's what you want to see. No doubt. I think you're no going to get yourself a pretty good series here. Yeah, no, I do. I do, too. I think it's going to be definitely a good series. And we talked a lot about this earlier. A lot of people called the show, too. And we all discussed, uh, us and our, our callers, that um, it should be, with the Nats and the Strohs, some strong pitching matchups. You know, for those baseball fans out there, it's going to be, they're going to be fun games to watch. They're going to be good games. Yeah, and it's all it's, about pitching. Right? And it's all it's about, about pitching. It's a little bit old school, right? Where it's been kind of a, about the the bullpen. Now this series is all about the starting rotation: Cole and Verlander and Scherzer and Strasburg and Patrick Corbin and the like. Uh, which is kind of a days of baseball, maybe 10, 15 years ago, as compared to what it is all about the bullpens here. Uh, last number of years in, in on the baseball front and. Hopefully we get. Hopefully baseball gets a great series. I think it will. Um, you know, for the Yankees here and the way that they go out another year, kind of uh, reshuffle the cards and figure out if you're Brian Cashman. I I always hate the mindset, Taz. It bothers me when guys go when a team fails in the postseason, and that's where the Yankees define themselves, and other teams do as well. The Dodgers certainly. Uh, you know, I do agree with what Judge said. You know, this season's a disappointment. Uh, you know, it's a disappointment. Whatever, however way you phrased it after the game. I hate the idea of, well, you play the regular season and hope for the best in the postseason. I think that's not. I think there are guys that are built for October, built for playoffs, built NHL, Stanley Cup, NBA, uh, built for all of that. And then there are other guys that come up small in those spots. Um, and I hate the whole mantra, well, you never know when you get to October. I know you don't know no, but right. you know, for the Yankees, this is a disappointment to where you don't say, well, we'll roll back the same team and hope for the best next October. No, I think you learn from what transpired here. You learn from the guys that could cut it and the guys that can't. And then you try and adjust this team in the offseason, no? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, so if you're, if you know, what would you do? Cashman, you're, you're, you're a diehard Yankee fan your whole life. Yeah. I mean, you're locked into this team every move they make. If you someone said, here's the keys to the car, Moose, for 2020 New York Yankees baseball, what are you doing? Yeah, I would uh, I would get rid of Gardner. I would let Gardner walk. Hmm. Um, I would uh, I would say bye-bye so long to Edwin Encarnacion. Right. Uh, I I might think about the idea of not signing, re-signing Didi Gregorius mm. um, and give him the kind of contract he's looking and moving Glaber Torres over to short and having DJ LeBay, who be my everyday second baseman. Um, those would be probably, I'd make sure that Clint Frazier's a part of this team in what 2020. Sanchez? I would keep him. Yeah. Huh? You'd get rid of him? Man, I'm just not there, man. I mean, him behind the dish is just, it's a nightmare. He just no hustle, just no. It feels like there's no. My brother in law's a big Yankee fan like you, yeah. like diehard Yankee fan, right? And I was watching the game with him on Friday at his house, and he just like he's like this guy's just hard to watch. Like even when he's doing well, he's like I just he just doesn't. He's just something about him, you know. It's just, well, it looks like he doesn't care. That's what I mean. It's just a lackluster, you know, demeanor, and well, and his play yeah. reflects that. Well, I, you're you're not wrong, but he also gives you he can give you 30 plus home runs a catch. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's hard to replace. That's hard that to kind replace. of offensive that's production. Of offense, yeah. You're right, but here's what you know what you know what typical you know what kind of personifies Gary Sanchez. Lemayhew's going through that 10 pitch or 12 pitch at bat, at whatever bat, yeah, it was, yeah. in the top half of the ninth inning, and they during in between one of the pitches they span the Yankee dugout, 
right? And you see, like, guys on the edge of their seat, like, staring in. Right, Come on, Gary, DJ! Right, yeah. ga- they look at Gary Sanchez. I think he's blowing a bubble. <laughs> be funny like, if they were to have their phones be on his phone texting someone. Like, it looked like, it looked like a guy that just... You know, yeah, just, well, we win or yeah. lose, it doesn't. No yeah. matter, I'm going to get paid. I'm, I'm here, and that's yeah, it. Like, just, that you know. to me kind of like personifies yeah. the image of Gary Sanchez. Other guys are sitting there, you know, the, yeah. the, uh, and you know, and they're like, oh, it, it, you know, even Encarnacion has been brutal. Yeah, um, God is taking his bat, slamming it against the dugout roof. Right, exactly. At least he's locked in. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bill gets Sanchez. He's like, Where, what inning are we in? Yeah. What game, if we win today, we have another game like like that. It's yeah. like that, he, don't even, he just seems like he's just aloof. No, I don't you know? disagree. And your brother-in-law is kind of similar with a lot of Yankee fans. They've grown tired of Gary Sanchez. Yeah. But Cashman loves him. That's why I don't think he's going to go anywhere. But yeah. it will be interesting offseason. All right, next. Number three. To attack Ovalua, <laughs> undergoes surgery for high ankle sprain. He should change his freaking last name. There you go. Very nice. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, my God. So he's definitely out this week. High ankle sprain for Tua down at Alabama. Taz, he, he's an he's issue staying healthy. I'd be I a little know. concerned about him in the NFL <laughs> taking hits and being able yep. to stay healthy. If he's getting hurt like this on the college level, that's a problem when you're looking moving forward. Now, that's for a discussion later on, right around when we're around the NFL draft. For now, for Alabama, is you got to make sure he's back on the field against LSU. <laughs> yeah. No. That's three weeks away. Do you think Tua, after this kind of surgery, can be healthy enough to play in three weeks? Look, he's young. He's in great shape and all that jazz. And, you know, kids like this, they recover quick. You know, I know that. I, I got to tell you, I never had a high ankle. I never had a, a surgery on a high ankle. Um, I don't think he's ready to go, especially against a defense like like LSU's going to bring. And they're going to be pinning their ears back, dude. If he's back playing, they're going to pin their ears back on Tua. If he's back coming fresh off of a, you know, high ankle sprain surgery, God dang it, man. I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do here. I mean, this, that's a serious thing he's got going on here for sick. I bet you now he wishes he had, what's his name, went over to Oklahoma Hurts, right? Yeah, I know, <laughs> You know what right? I mean? That contingency plan was real nice. No more contingency plan for Coach Saban there in regards to having a guy like Hurts there, you know. But he's got depth. At that quarterback spot, he's got depth at every position. It's Oklahoma football. I mean, it's uh, or, um, Alabama football. You know, it's... why? What do you need to? It's a high ankle sprain, right? What's a tightrope procedure? Like, uh, now he had a similar procedure, opposite ankle last year. They said it's a successful tightrope procedure to help in the recovery process, and they expect a full and speedy recovery. Now, is it something to where they're trying to alleviate the swelling? Uh, to bring about the healing process, to help the healing process. I mean, there's no... Well, the high I, ankles... I just stab- that, that stabilizes your ankle after the surgery. Like, you know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, uh, the type of fixation. It, 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 it'll... From what I... I never had it, but I know a little bit about it. Um, so it stabilizes the ankle. Right. They're doing a surgery to stabilize the ankle. So with a high ankle sprain, you, you stretch your ligaments. There's nothing torn, right? It's a stretching of the ligaments. stretch, yeah. To, to bands, bands, which is muscle, yeah. stretches. And gotcha. It, it's, it inflames a lot. You know, a lot of times it'll, it'll blow up. You know, it'll inflame. Sometimes it doesn't inflame. Like when I had my neck injury, I had a bunch of bands in my neck, you know, expanded. And that's where the pain is. But it didn't inflame. I mean, because you never know what's going on in there. That's what MRIs do. So I guess they're going to go in there to kind of stabilize the whole thing. That's why I don't think he's going to be ready in a few weeks. But I mean, these, you know, they, 
you know, you're at Alabama football, any D1 program, you're, you're getting the greatest doctors, especially Alabama football. This kid is one of the more bigger names, you know, in college football. Well, so. Taz, you've been through a number of surgeries. Let me describe what the surgery is, right? Here it is. They drill uh, a hole from the fibula into the tibia and cast these tight ropes through the bone and sink it down and tighten it. How is he going to be playing football in three weeks? I don't know, dude. I really don't know. I, I, that's what I mean, I'm saying. I, I, now, I, I, listen, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. And you've been you've battled one injury after uh, another lot, yeah. during your wrestling career. You didn't have this. You've had a lot of other things. But I, I guess now he had one last year after the SEC championship game. But after the SEC championship game, what did they have? Like four and a half weeks until they yeah, played they in time, that national yeah. semifinal? We're looking at 19 days. That's a long time. If he's not on the field, that changes everything for Alabama. Against a defense against LSU. that flies around. You know, oh, especially playing, against you know. Joe Burrow in that offense. Exactly. I mean, you know, he just said, think about how good Burrow has been at LSU this year, throwing the football test. We're at week, they play game seven, week eight. Uh, yeah, game seven, week eight for LSU. He just set a touchdown record for quarterbacks for a year right. after seven games. That's amazing. Tremendous. Yeah, no, they, they, they. <laughs> I don't know how this kid's going to come back and play off this thing here. I really don't. I mean, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not playing a, a Southern Miss program that you smoked like fifty to nothing, whatever it was. You know, yeah. you're not. You know, I mean, you're playing against, uh, you know, you're playing against a, a legitimate defense, a legitimate, a, a legitimate opponent that that's an SEC and conference opponent that uh, you know, <laughs> they're LSU football. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I don't know, and and I know that I think they're home, right? That game, I think they are home. Yeah, they're home. Yeah, they're playing that game home, so that helps a little bit. I guess they'll just have to monitor his progress every day. Yeah, I, I, I mean, guess they feel like he can. And every athlete, as you mentioned, Taz, every athlete recovers a little bit differently. Especially maybe. the young guys like this. Sure. They recover quick a lot of times. But it It'll be sounds... interesting to see if he's on the field. And if he's on the field, Taz, the mobility he has. Because that's going to be the other issue as well. It's not a matter of, well, I can physically get and play quarterback. Now, can you play quarterback the same way that you did before the injury? Right. Well, that's, that's the other question the, you have That's going to be the thing. No, you're right. Um, so, yeah, we'll find out about the recovery process of Tua uh, here moving forward. But uh, he has had ankle surgery. He's out definitely this week. We'll see if he's back for LSU. And that is uh, less than three weeks away. It's Taz of the Moose here on this Monday morning. And there you have it, the three. We'll head up to Buffalo next. Uh, the Bills. Uh, not not all that impressive, yeah. but a win nonetheless yeah. against the Miami Dolphins as they do what they needed to do. It's Taz and the Moose, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. All right, and CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. And time for a little uh, ExxonMobil as well. If industrial plants could capture CO2, think how... We can help lower emissions. ExxonMobil is working to make it happen. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. This week's unexpected play, how about the play of Teddy Bridgewater? Threw for 281 yards, two scores as the Saints improved to 5-0 and with him under center. In for the injured Drew Brees after defeating the Bears yesterday in Chicago, 36-25. Uh, your final. Bogish, good morning. How are you? Moose, I'm Third well. Good morning to you as well. Taz, yes, top yes, of the morning. Yes, yes. 
Here's your report. It is sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Uh, before you go on, you update it. I owe you an apology. Um, because, Whoa, let me uh, sit down. Hold uh, on. Early, uh, early this morning, before the show went on the air, I, I verbally attacked you because you came over to my cubicle and spoke to me. Yes. And I apologize uh, the way I spoke to you. No, was, no, no, no. I'm sorry angry. that I spoke to you as a person. I don't know why I thought I was allowed to do that. It's it's me, not you. No, no. Well, you you didn't see me in the newsroom, so you didn't know where I was. And all of a sudden, it was like 5.40, and I was just... I. I was right. curious. But I show prep in other areas of this building. I don't just sit where everybody else sits. I, I, I go all over the floor here. No, mm. I know. But I, and I looked around. I didn't see any one of your beautiful hats that you normally wear. I think today you went with the Oilers one, one of my old favorites. School. Old school. Old. Um, I looked all over, and I just I couldn't see your head right. peeking up through a cubicle. And then when so you came grew- over to me, said, yeah. oh, where were you? And I just just attacked you. Yeah. I mean, bad. Right. <laughs> Your time stand, your time card to me? Yeah. <laughs> and Mikey B just walked away. Yeah. Oh, happy Monday. Yeah. yeah. Welcome uh, back. It was like well, feeling. One big happy How family. You feeling, Andrew? I'm feeling well. Thanks for asking, Moose. You look great today, by the way. Uh, Dak Prescott scored twice, once for Ezekiel Elliott, and this last night from Cowboys kicker Brett Maher. Kicks on the way. Long enough. Oh, he did it. He did it. It's history. Brett Maher is the first kicker in NFL history to hit three 60-plus yard field goals in his career. And he's done it in two seasons, numbers two and three coming in back-to-back weeks. Last night's was from 63 yards and gave the Cowboys a 27-7 halftime lead on the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Brad Sham called it on Cowboys Radio. Dallas smacked Philly 37-10 for an emphatic end to their three-game skid. It also puts the boys back atop the NFC East. In the afternoon, the Chargers thought they scored the go-ahead touchdown twice in the final minute in Tennessee, but review took away a catch from Austin Eckler and a run from Melvin Gordon. A false start negated another Gordon trip into the end zone, and then this happens. Handoff goes to Gordon, waiting for a signal. Waiting for a signal. Oh, the ball might have come out. Did the Titans recover the ball? I'm still waiting for a referee signal. Yeah, Matt Money Smith charges nice radio. Like he's got a lot of charisma. Signal. Uh, I'm waiting for the signal. Finally got the signal, and it was for a Gordon fumble at the goal line. So the Titans escape somehow. 23-20. Those bolts have dropped three in a row. They are now two and five on the season. The Saints are 5-0 without Drew Brees. 36-25 winners in Chicago. The Ravens pulled away from the Seahawks in Seattle, 30-16. And the Packers dumped the Raiders, 42-24. Aaron Rodgers, five touchdown passes, one running. The Niners are 6-0 after a 9-0 win in Washington. And the Falcons lost to the Rams, 37-10, extending their drought to five games. And QB Matt Ryan knocked out in the fourth quarter with a right ankle injury. Ryan in a walking boot postgame. As you guys just discussed... To attack Ovalua. Had surgery yesterday morning for the right high ankle sprain that... To attack Ovalua. Suffered Saturday night. Nick Saban saying in a statement that... To attack Ovalua. Will make a speedy recovery, but... To attack Ovalua. He's out for Saturday's game with Arkansas. Auburn joins the top 10 of the AP poll at number 9. That gives the SEC five teams Have in that called, top 10. Have uh, you this weekend any games? Any college uh, games? I, d- I did a Fordham-Lehigh game on Saturday afternoon. Football. Football. Nice. Yes. Nice. Mount Hawks. Mount Hawks. Big overtime win on the road for them. Mount Hawks won? Yes, they did. 
Are they playing that for them? Yes. Oh, nice. yes. The guy who does play-by-play on the internet? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, to they, attack Ovalua. There's a lot of good uh, Patriot League football, and Lehigh has always been. Are they good this year, Lehigh? Uh, well, the, the Patriot League as a whole this year is not good. Oh, no, it's not? It's, but it's, they it's, are now, it's pretty good. Yeah, but now yeah. they're 2 you know, They used to be, when I was a student, they were the cream of the crop. They were like, yeah. Yeah, I remember for years they were good. Yeah, they and Colgate were Colgate like the Yankees good, and yeah. Red Sox of the Raiders. Patriot League for yes. a long time. Yeah, yeah. For a long time, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a short time Bucknell was okay, but yeah. that was a few years Good crowd at Fordham? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. How many, mm. what does that stadium hold? Uh, somewhere around like 7,000. How many were there? Maybe 4,500. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, Lehigh's got great colors. They're brown and like gold, I think. See, I was saying, I, I, I like, like brown. It's yeah. an underrated uniform color. I'm with it. I the agree. Padres going back to the old oh, brown. Oh, those 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 permanent, year. like athletic gold yeah. and brown. Nice. Yeah, yeah Lehigh does uh, brown and metallic gold, which is more like the New Orleans Saints gold. Yes. They're going that route. I mean, that's what they've gone. Mountain yes. Hawks. Right. Yeah. I'm very familiar. Yeah. I haven't seen the Lehigh uniform. I'll look at yeah, it. Yeah, it's cool. They have, they have cool colors. Yeah, they're, they're, all their sports team color, uh, uniforms are cool. They can actually use a little more brown in their road. You think they should use more? Ups. I don't know what they would they wear white on the road. Well, yeah, white on that gold with the same gold helmet. So mm. it's actually not as brown as I would like it to be. The helmet used to be brown though. No, it's on, it's on a lighter shade now. And it had it's an the L other on it. color. Yeah. They have a mountain hawk on it now? No, no more mountain hawk. All right. No. We good? Any other questions? I'm just trying Colgate, to have a casual Holy conversation. Cross, you? No. We go uh, the cold, uh, the Holy Cross, the Crusade. We go purple, purple. You want to go purple, white? Right Another up. underrated Red, uniform color. Yeah, Worcester, Massachusetts. You go play. My son played the cross there. We freaking go we, where, where the parking lot is. You, you got to walk past the stadium to get to the field. Mm. It's snowing out. It's mm. freezing. I'm like, why are we? Why are we not playing on this field? Well, this field's for football. Yeah. Mm. Well, what are you guys? The Patriots? Yeah, <laughs> we got to go to this little dump field. To play a lacrosse game, freezing, and my kid gets kicked out of the game oh. for fighting. There you go. How about that? Cherry on the Smart. top. He's cold. Mm. I'm out. Let me throw a punch. He did nothing wrong, my son. He was a, <laughs> such an angel. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't his fault what happened. Uh, I can tell you hockey scores, <laughs> but they don't matter. So back to you guys. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. Uh, some games we didn't touch upon yesterday in week seven. Taz, uh, up in Buffalo, the Bills struggled a little bit with the Miami Dolphins, but. Yeah. Uh, Finally came across uh, with the win. Fitzpatrick played. Uh, he played okay. Yeah, uh, they certainly uh, played a lot better with him at quarterback than with Josh Rosen. Uh, but uh, the Dolphins accomplished what they wanted to accomplish at the end of it, which was another loss. Yeah. Well, listen. They they did. I got to tell you. I mean, and all the momentum was in favor of the Bills. I watched the whole game, obviously, as a Bills fan. And for the first half, for sure, it was the Bills couldn't get out of their own way. They just couldn't get nothing done. And the Dolphins were super efficient. This kid, this running back that got Walton, was running the ball really well. So was Drake. And Fitzpatrick was efficient. He was 23 of 35, 282 yards. I mean, he threw a pick at a, at a point, I think it was to Tredavious White, I think. I'm trying to remember who picked. Or Micah Hyde. I can't remember which one of those cats. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a little, I was a little bit worried a little bit at one point during this game, believe it or not. But then in the fourth quarter, the Bills turned it on and scored 22 points. Uh, won the game 31-21. But, yeah, no, they, it wasn't a great outing by the Bills. It wasn't a great outing by Josh Allen either. So, um, you know, you would think it's a really bad team. You're going to smoke them. What was the line again? It was like 17, Yeah, right? 17, Miami covered. Yeah, yeah I know. I yeah, know. so uh, Miami uh, gave you a little bit more of an inspired effort up there in Orchard Park, but the Bills victorious, and, and they get themselves to 5-1. and one. How about the performance by Kirk Cousins yesterday in Detroit is – you know, Cousins' last three games has turned a corner, whether it be the Giant game and then home for the Philadelphia Eagles, now on the road in Detroit. 
And Cousins played very, very well as he t- as he throws four touchdown passes on the afternoon uh, to four different receivers: uh, Rudolph, Johnson, Thielen, who left the game after that one reception from twenty five yards out, which was the score with a hamstring injury, and the immortal C.J. Ham as well catching a touchdown. Uh, for the Minnesota Vikings and from Kirk Cousins as he throws for 337 yards. The Lions, this is the first game you look at it, they were not the better team. The Vikings clearly were the better team uh, in this one. The Lions are now uh, you know, an under 500 team for Matt Patricia, but Minnesota, maybe they've turned a corner a little bit. They're now 5-2. and two. Cousins throwing, playing the, uh, throwing the ball a little bit better. Uh, he throws for 337. Dalvin Cook runs for 142 yards and two scores as well. Just an all-around very good performance by the Minnesota Vikings in Detroit. Oh, absolutely. I agree. That's a big, big win on the road for them, too. You know, that's a really big win. Uh, they made a statement. Diggs also played really well. I mean, he, he you know, he was 8-7 with 142 yards. He played good. And you're right. Cousins definitely was excellent. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a, it's, it was definitely a huge win for them. To be able to do that uh, against a team like we've talked a lot about the Lions, where they're kind of unpredictable. they you know, Matt Patricia has that that team going pretty good here. If you look at their record, you're not that impressed. But they're they're a they play tough. They play tough football. And I mean, I'm just sitting dead last in the NFC North. I know that. But you know, they they play hard. Those at two and three, at two three and one now. I think right. So the Vikings are five and two. Correct. So you know, I mean, uh, I, I thought it was impressive for sure, and, and especially on the road, like I said. So in, in conference dealer, so. Uh, good job uh, for all those by the Vikings, uh, for all those Viking fans out there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And another team that was impressive yesterday up to Seattle we go. How about the Baltimore Ravens? Marcus Peters, new team. Uh, he has a pick six in his first game as a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, picked Russell Wilson off. His first interception that he threw uh, this season uh, for Wilson. Um, and they win the game to the Ravens going away 30-16. to Lamar Jackson throws for 143 yards, runs for 116, and a score you know, as uh, we we're pumping up, or I was pumping up Russell Wilson last week as being an MVP candidate. If you look at the players yesterday on the field, uh, Lamar Jackson was the better player as compared to Russell Wilson as the Ravens win the game by uh, by two scores going away. Defense played very, very well for Baltimore. They need a corner. They got one in Marcus Peters. Uh, they needed some help in that secondary. Uh, Seattle was sloppy with the football, and uh, they ended up uh, falling out of 5-2. and two. That's a nice statement victory for Baltimore. Oh, no, no kidding. Again, on the road. I mean, on the road to get that kind of... You know that kind of win over the Seahawks uh, at the time. Uh, you know, what five and one. I think the, the Hawks were. What a guy got Russell Wilson in there. No, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think he's making a statement. I mean, the balance of him throwing the ball and how athletically we know since coming out of college out of Louisville, we know how much he, how well he ran the ball. He had 116 yards rushing yesterday. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. So, you know, but he he's an excellent game manager for such a young guy. You know what I mean? Like there's something the way he the way he runs the offense. The players around him connect him. They listen to him. Uh, they they're clicking, man. They click well. And I, I didn't expect them to be sitting five and two right now. No, and there they are five and two nonetheless. And uh, they got better with the addition of Peters, who had a pick six yesterday. How about the Indianapolis Colts and Texans? This was a game I was looking forward to yesterday afternoon. Watching watched a lot of this game when I was at uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook, it was uh, a good matchup back and forth. The Colts were the better team. Jacoby Brissett, here's what impresses you about Indianapolis yesterday. They come off a bye week. Last time we saw them, they were playing control the clock, run the football, win at the point of attack. Yesterday against the Houston Texans, they basically cut Jacoby Brissett loose. They only run for fifty or, uh, about 60 yards as a team. 
Brissett throws for well over 300 yards, throws four touchdowns, spreads the football around. They wanted to maybe kind of showcase they realized the matchup, and that's what you love about Frank Reich here, Taz, in terms of putting together a game plan as a head coach. They changed the style in which they played offensively based on the opponent that they were going up against, and that team was able to execute it. You love that. that you know what that shows me? That signs of a good team, really Absolutely. good team. And they dominated at, at time possession to your point, the Colts did. And and you're right. And, and what they're utilizing is that awesome offensive line they have. And that's how – and look, we're seeing Brissett, Brissett. He is not just like – He's playing really well. He's not just like some basic QB. Uh, no more. No, no one's thinking about Andrew Luck no more. You come out there, you know, you get yourself four touchdowns, and, and, you, and you, you're you over 320-something yards. I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive. I mean, he's doing he's – Has doing, he hit eight different receivers, too? It's unbelievable. He's I spreading mean, the ball Pascal, around. Pascal, Hilton, Ebron, Rodgers, Doyle, Hines, Mack, yeah. Wilkins. I mean, he had a number of different guys over the course of the day. And here's what bothers you about the Houston Texans is – you know, Watson, who we all love, and I love, and he's a great player, you know, it was just sloppy. Two interceptions. Um, you know, they weren't able to finish off a couple drives where they drove deep into Indianapolis territory. That's a credit to that Colts defense. But that's a good victory, and that's going to be a fun division to watch the rest of the way with the Colts and Texans and throwing a little bit of the Jaguars. They've got a lot of work to do as well to get themselves back into it. But that's going to be a fun division in the AFC. Oh, no, I totally agree. It is. And, and again, I mean, if you're a Colts fan – I remember you and I were sitting here when we got word that Andrew Luck is, you know, stepping down, and everybody was like, "Oh God!" Oh, everybody was kind of panicking. And it's like, you know, they have a lot of elements around. They had a lot of elements around Luck that that made it a good team. And that main thing is that that stout offensive line, which Brissett has taken advantage of, and and Reich is, and hence why they're sitting four and two, first place in the AFC South right now, and and. Uh, you know the uh, the Texas right behind them, so it's a good division. And and the Jacksonville Jaguars don't sleep on them. It's they still could be in this thing. No, know? they can. And they had a nice victory yesterday. You expect them to beat Cincinnati, and they right. did. Defensive right. touchdown late to kind of seal the victory. They you know they they scored. Uh, I think it was what eighteen points. I think in that in that fourth quarter yesterday, kind of a game in which you thought maybe. The, the Bengals are going to get their first victory of the year. Cincinnati, uh, you know, uh, the, the Jaguars turned it on in the fourth quarter, and uh, they were able to create some turnovers, wreak some havoc, and put some points up on the board. And how about the Packers yesterday, Taz? That line, think about this, the Oakland Raiders, that line against the, the Packers, and this is kind of a, a betting angle, but that line opened up at seven. The Raiders then, when that game got kicked off, was down to five. So that line moved from seven to five. And what mm. that means is that there was a lot of money on the Raiders looking at them as being kind of a live dog in Green Bay against the Packers. Packers win that game going away 42-24. And really the turning point of the game in that first half, Taz, was Carr going in, trying to reach the ball over the pylon, loses control because at that stage, their Raiders are about to take the lead mm. late second quarter. He fumbles the ball out of the end zone, touchback, Packers take the ball, they drive down the field, score a touchdown, add another touchdown right before the half. So all of a sudden, what could have been at that stage, you know, a Raider lead or maybe a slight Packer lead, the Packers are leading 21-10 at the half. Oh, no doubt. And good gosh, Rodgers had a day. Oh, my God, he was great. 429 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, just 25-31. Dude, he was on point. I watched a good chunk of this game. I was like, wow. He really made a statement at home on John Gruden's Raiders, man. It was like, damn. 
Yeah, he, he played was great. great, man. He really did. And how about Valdez Scantling taking that yeah. little pass and going to the house? He showed off his speed. Impressive, Two catches, man. 133 yeah. yards, and a touchdown. And the Raiders, Raiders also have got a stud at the running back spot. Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, yeah. who left the game a little bit for a shoulder injury. He runs for 124 yards in the loss. He's going to be a really special running back for for Gruden long term for Raiders. Yeah, you know, and if you look at the like look at this uh, like in regards to first downs and time possession of the overall game, it's actually it's very close. Yeah, you know, very close. I mean, the score says 42-24 pack over over Oakland, but it was actually you know when you watch it, it felt definitely felt close. It was a, it was a hard hitting good game. I enjoy, I enjoyed the moments of the game that I watched. Like, I was watching a lot of different games, but I definitely caught a lot of this. And Rogers was just a star, you know. You know, it's kind of corny. I I love. Fall games at Lambeau when the sun is out. Yeah, with the sun out. With the uh, like when the when the sun's out, I think it's just a very very like when I think about pretty pit, when I think about watching football games, I always love watching college football games in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Mm. I think those are I think that's a beautiful yeah. scene to watch a college game. I, right. I just think it you know the grass always looks greener. Right, right. It's kind of like it looks like they're running on a fairway yeah. of a golf course. Like it, it just That'd is a, a, it's a yeah it's a pretty yeah, exactly <laughs> it's a pretty field. I love Lambeau Field when the sun is out, the fall, and it's kind of setting late in the game. I got you. I think it's just a, a pretty – I think it's a uh, nice atmosphere to kind of watch a football game, and you saw that a little bit yesterday between yeah, the Packers and Raiders. You set the table well and to each his own. I'm the opposite. I like a like what we saw with the Redskins. I like a rain game. I like rain. I you like, like that I game? do. I like a sloppy, I like a sloppy track. I do. I like – Football, old school, raining. You know, now it's not the same because it's mostly on field turf. It's not on natural grass. Yeah. So it's not the same. You know what I mean? But I like that. I like that. I do. I got you. You like snow? I like snow. I like snow. I like snow. Just not too much. Yeah. You know it's I mean? not to where it's like guys can't, can't run. play. Right, yeah, right, right. I got you. A little bit of. Yeah, I'm not into the sunshine with the football. Oh, I thought. Sunshine's was... a baseball game. <laughs> sunshine and a baseball. That's how I look out. It's just me. You know? <laughs> It's Taz the Moose with you here on this Monday morning. we got the undercard coming your way next. Things that we have not hit upon yet will be coming your way. It's uh, as we roll right along. Sirius at XM Channel 206, the app as well. Check out all of our great affiliates all across the country. We come back, the undercard with you next right here. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, time right now to ask the pros. Were you the uh, answer or ask the pros question of the day? Uh, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is from Frank out in Rhode Island. Think Brady gets the offense going tonight in Jersey. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, Williams' defense has been very, very good. Um, you know, they, He's done a lot with a little. They've got deficiencies talent-wise, Taz. I, mean, I think Brady will have some drives. I don't know yeah. if the offense, though, will click at a high level tonight. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, my gut tells me the same thing. I just could be hopeful. Um, as a former Jet fan, a, a lifetime Patriot hater, um, yeah, I don't want to see them win the game. They're probably going to go 7-0 and here. But I don't think it's going to be easy-peasy for Mr. Brady. I, I think somehow, some way, the Pats will get – I'm sorry, the Jets will get some pressure up front. If they could crack some of that offensive line blocking scheme, put some pressure, force Tom Brady – out of the pocket, get him out of his comfort zone. That'd be a beautiful thing on a Monday night to watch him get hit a few times. Oh, it'd be nice. I agree oh, with you. Great. Uh, and the Jet fan is starting to believe with the return of Sam Darnold. So we'll see exactly what that offense for the Jets can do as well. But uh, 
The Jets defensively, we'll see what kind of what Williams decides to do uh, later on tonight. Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. You know, that's strong defense to the Patriots defense, number one overall defense, and that's Belichick running that defense. So, you know, Sam Donald coming back, it was his second game back. Um, you know, let's see how he does. It's <laughs> yeah, good point. It's it's you know that Belichick. He's going to take advantage because he knows this guy's young and give him some looks that can possibly screw him screw him up a little bit. Yeah, you know, and it's a uh, uh, obviously more difficult landing spot than last week against the Dallas Cowboys, sure. where uh, Donald looked uh, very very good. But the one thing that that offense will be is representable. Last time we saw him up there in Foxborough, mm. the Jets couldn't do anything. Right, <laughs> I mean, right. because of. The limitations at the position. I agree with you. It'll be uh, it's a good test. It'll be a fun matchup for a team that's one and four. The Jets are an interesting team. They are. I hope they show up. I just hope they. I mean, hopefully, Lev Bell has a good game. You know, that could happen. This guy could bust out. It's again tough with that defense, the Pats. But you never know. They they have they have you know resources to get some things done. So we'll see if Donald's on point and and and. Uh, and their defense could step up against Brady, get some pressure up front. Like Ooh. I said, that'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I hope it happens. It's gonna be that. a fun game. Yeah, I'm, I'm dialed looking, in. I'm looking yeah, forward to the watch. So. You're right. It would be nice to see Le'Veon Bell for the Jets have that, that kind of a game. All right, here we go. The undercard. Taz and the Moose present the undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. How many more weeks is Dan Quinn the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? Oh. I don't know. I mean, he's there's problems. I mean, like he's. I, I don't want to see anyone lose their job, you know. But I don't even want to say. But I, I hope he makes it to the end of the year. I mean, they're one and six right now. They got beat up, beat up by the Rams. Yes, yeah, I, I, you know, and they were home. You know, it just did. Bad, just really bad. I Seahawks mean, coming to town next week. And then got Julio Jones, one of the top receivers in the in the in the land, and he can't. You know, it's just Matt Ryan. Just it's just bad. Everything's just bad. Now the Ryan foot injury. Uh, I'll say if they get embarrassed against Seattle next week at home, I think he gets fired. Then they're on a bye week, week nine. Allow the the interim head coach to kind of maybe change some things over the course of a couple weeks. Now the Ryan injury does change some things, but. Uh, I think if if you don't, and they're one in six ties, if they don't give you some kind of a bow, you know, give you a representable performance against Seattle and get their doors blown off again, I could see them getting fired next Sunday, next week. I hope not, but yeah, you could be right. You could be right about that. Because then you have the bye week. If you're not going to do it then, then don't do it. Right. Yeah, no. And and the the team's terrible. I mean, I listened to some of his post-game presser yesterday after the game. He's getting asked about it. You know, he's talking about this team's effort. He's talking about how he delineated some of the defensive play calling. He they, he was asked specifically about what coaches are now calling plays. He said, uh, I'm not going to get into that. I mean, it's it's just bad down there in Atlanta. Yeah, didn't expect that. It'd be like that with the with the, with the, the talented offensive guys they have, and they just can't get it done. So it, all signs get a point towards, towards coach getting, uh, you know, being Gonski. That getting, could happen. Yeah, getting canned. All right, next. Oh, uh... Lane Kiffin was upset with his team's 36-31 loss to Marshall on Saturday. So uh, Kiffin took to social media and posted three referees that were blind holding dogs. He was then suspended, or excuse me, he was then fined $5,000 for the tweet. 
And Kiffin wasn't thrilled about it, saying, <laughs> we have a freedom of speech, but I guess around here there's no such thing as freedom to tweet. Maybe LeBron James will come out and comment about it tomorrow. <laughs> wow, he's too much. What a weekend for Kiffin. Lane is great. Yeah, <laughs> Lane's the gift that keeps on giving. Guys, he's something else. He, is a, he gets LeBron James into the equation. He, he mixes him in. I, I, I get the tweet. I mean, now they find him, but I, really. Like, I, I, but it's just because, is it because it's him? You know, he's always doing something. You know what I mean? He's always he's, he's a wild man. You know what I mean? It's always, always something with him. Uh, there is. Uh, I can understand why he got fined the five grand, though. You can't yeah. be sending that out if you're a coach, right? I guess not, no. Uh, who was I it? Who was I? Oh, that was it. Bill O'Brien. He was asked about the officiating yesterday. and said, guys, I'm not commenting about officiating. <laughs> he goes, I am, you can ask all you want. I will have no comment. I'm just letting you guys know. I'm not talking about the officiating. I'm not commenting on calls. I'm not commenting on anything. I'm not talking about the officiating. Yeah, these guys, it costs these coaches money when they do. Right, exactly. You know, and it's like they protect these officials left and right. You know what I mean? Coaches get frustrated and they can't speak their mind. Lane's amazing, though, down there. He yeah, really he's something is. something else, man. He, he really is, is for college football. There's no doubt. Um, all, right. all right. That does it for us. Good job, Taz. Uh, great Enjoyed job. It you today. too, sir. Thank um, you, everyone. Mike, Pete, across the way, bogish with your updates as well. Uh, thank you to Andrew. Job well done. Glad he's feeling better. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Remember, Sirius and XM Channel 206. Download the podcast each and every day. Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Sign off. Enjoy your Monday. Till tomorrow. Pete. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.